think this is just Jasmine. All right. Okay, everybody, thank you for coming back to my show. This is Funny Talks. My name is Henry. I have my first ever guest. It is my little brother, Andrew. Welcome. Hello. hello. Thank you for being here. For having me. Yeah. Uh, so he asked if we had any subjects in mind, and I never really do have any subjects that I want to talk about, but what I did want to tell you Andrew, is that yesterday morning, I fainted. Yeah, it was pretty bad. I um, So over the last weekend, it was Super Bowl weekend, and um, I was hanging out at my friend's house, and I was eating a lot of food, right? Which is all right, but I'm, I'm not used to it because being here at home, like, there's not... I'm not going to say there's a lot of good food, but... It's not as much good, like, American food, I guess. Okay. Like, at the, at the Super Bowl party, we had, like, buffalo chicken dip, buffalo wings, pizza, steak, truffle fries, chili. Like, it was just a bunch of food, right? Mm-hmm. They made a lot of food kind of, like, as if it was a huge Super Bowl party, but there was only, like, six of us, kind of like that. But we made food for, like, 15. So I just kept eating and eating and eating and I felt really fat and then the next day I came home and I kept eating again like more than usual right I was eating a regular I guess a regular sized meal every I don't know three hours or so and I just felt really fat like really self-conscious at that point yeah, I was like, you know, I have been wanting to try to do a 72-hour fast, right? Because mm-hmm. I've done some research and not a lot of research, apparently. But after, like, at the 72-hour mark, you enter max, like, autophagy. Do you know what that is? Somewhat. It's like when your body, uh, I think, like, eats, like, basically creates all new cells. So it, like, resets your system. Okay. And that's what I was trying to do. And plus, I was also hoping that, like, um, it would kind of kickstart my metabolism. I don't know if it did or not. But I think because I was sort of already unhealthy and not eating the right food to start a fast with. Mm-hmm. Um, like, a lot of people that I was reading that were doing... 72-hour fasts were normally more healthier people. And when I did it, the first 24 hours was kind of just like, okay, I haven't eaten, right? My stomach is feeling that, like, uh, that kind of empty stomach, like, pain. Mm -hmm. Like, you're hungry, eat some food. I was like, okay, the first day is fine. And then that was on Tuesday. I began Monday at 9 p.m. So I went to Tuesday 9 p.m. And it was like, just, I was like, I'm really hungry. Okay, he's like, let me go to sleep. Let me um, wake up and then see how I feel the next day. Uh, Then it was Wednesday morning. And like, I felt okay. I knew I was hungry. Like, I felt hungry and 
some people say when they fast after the 24 hours, they don't really feel hungry anymore. But I just kept feeling hungry or that's how I think I felt. Um, and then I went the whole day without eating again, but I kind of just chilled. I don't even remember what I did. I think I watched TV shows all day to keep my mind off of things. Okay. Um, but I was just, I was just still hungry, still very hungry. And by Wednesday night, nine o'clock, that was 48 hours. I'm like, okay. So at that point, your body is supposed to hit like, um, the beginning threshold of autophagy. It's pretty significant, but at 72 hours when it maxes out, I was like, okay, let me, let me, I can do this. Right. It was pretty hard on me mentally. Because I tried to, I think as you know, like I'm so used to just eating almost all the time. Yeah. Um, So mentally it was difficult. But I was like, you know, just, I think I needed to do something like this to help me um, like mentally reset myself and physically, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought this would be the perfect opportunity. And then, when Thursday morning came up, um, oh, and I also like read that it's supposed to like help you sleep because your body's like, it's time to wake up, to go hunting or something like that, to go mm-hmm. gathering. But my sleep didn't improve at all, and I think it actually got worse. My body, it felt like it's just like just stay in bed, right? Don't do anything extraneous because at that point I was like I should have known that my body was telling me hey you have no energy don't do anything stupid right um because when I was reading people doing these fasts they were like they're just not eating but this one guy he was still doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu for like a couple hours every day just having his regular like a regular day, but I just felt more and more like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Thursday morning came around. When I woke up, it was like 9.30. It's like, oh, man, I really don't want to get out of bed. But I knew I had to because I had to take Tux out for a walk. And as uh, as you know, but some of my audience, I sleep on a loft bed. So I was making my way down. It felt, I felt weak. I knew I was going to feel weak right, because I haven't eaten anything. Uh, and then I went over to say good morning to Tux. He was still in his bed and he sleeps down there. So I like knelt down and immediately when I knelt down, I started feeling pins and needles in my legs and that's never really happened before. Like, okay, that's weird. It's probably just due to me not having any calories or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know. Blood flow? Maybe. Um, well, I'll explain that in a little bit, too. Um, and also on Tuesday and Wednesday morning, I realized I was more dehydrated dehydrated than usual. But I'm drinking the normal amount. But I guess I had to drink even more water. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, now that I know that I'm dehydrated, I'm just going to drink more. I'm going to add my liquid IVs and so I can stay super hydrated all day. This is... Thursday. No, no. So I wake up 
I go over to Tux. I have those pins and needles. And then I go to the bathroom. And I take a piss, right? And immediately you can you can tell how dehydrated you are from your urine. I was like, I'm taking a piss. I'm like, okay, I'm definitely dehydrated. And then this is where it starts happening, right? It's it's kind of funny too. I'll I'll tell you the funny side. Um, well, what I think is funny. So I I took a piss, and you know, habitually after you take a piss, you would flush the toilet and wash your hands, right? And once I stopped taking a piss, I think my brain took over my body. Because um, I, I saw everything happen, but I, I, I had no control. Right? I think my brain was like, was telling me, you're probably going to faint. So try to make it somewhere safe that when you fall, it's okay. I think my brain just knows that I do that because of when I was an alcoholic. In the military, like it, my brain took over all the time. Mm-hmm. Like my consciousness wasn't there all the times I blacked out. My brain just was going through the motions. So I think my brain knew it's like, okay, you are out of control. Let me take over. And it tried to, I think it tried to get me to the, either the couch or to my room so I can fall somewhere safe, I guess. But once I was done peeing, and you know how the, our bathroom is set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I f- so I was facing the toilet, and I stepped left. And then I think, because I fell, I fainted backwards. <laughs> I knocked over all the DVD, uh, the games yeah. there. I knocked over all the games there. I, I, uh, and plus all... Um, all my recycle stuff was there too. Yeah. So I, I tripped over all that and I fell down and I actually knocked over that that speaker mm. that dad has with all yeah. the with mom's plants on top. Yeah. And that got all knocked over. And the thing is, as I was falling, I think obviously I was trying to slow myself down. I think I slowed myself down enough that I didn't get too injured. Thank goodness mm. for that. That's that's what I'm really actually thankful for is that I didn't like break glass. I didn't like land on the corner of the speaker. I landed, I guess, fairly safe for someone who faints. This is only the second time in my life I fainted that I remember. Uh, so I fell down backwards. Um, and I saw it all happen. I felt it all happen, but I was like very like tunnel visioned. And when I fell back, I think I, I'm pretty sure I hit my head because I felt concussed the whole day. And I, and I chilled, I relaxed. I just laid on the couch and watched TV. Um, but when I fell, I knew I wasn't out long. It was probably maybe half a second or a second where I lost consciousness. Um, because when I was laying there on the ground, I looked around. I was like, oh, shit, I knocked everything over, even the speaker. I'm like, okay, let me see. I look back. This It's wet because of mom's plants. Um, and I knew I wasn't unconscious for long because when I looked over, I can see into my bedroom. And I see Tux kind of get up. And he's like, uh, what the heck just happened? And I'm like, and I just look at him like, I'm good. I'm good. 
Uh, like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not bleeding. Uh, and then even before my nose started bleeding, it's like I think my nose is gonna start bleeding. So I got up, and then it just immediately started bleeding, bleeding more, probably bleeding more than normal than I've ever seen. Like it just kept leaking. But the thing that kind of freaked me out the most that um, I would like to talk to someone medical about is that, you know, when your nose bleeds, it's, um, or like when you ever see your own blood, it's like normal blood, right? Mm-hmm. But this was kind of like a matte red blood, right? And it felt kind of like, it felt thinner than normal. So I don't know if that's what happens. My, my blood was so thin that uh, that's what caused me to faint or faint. something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to talk to an expert. But it was just a, a, a different texture mm-hmm. right? than I would normally. But I've, it eventually stopped. And I, I came to. I was like, okay. And then I just cleaned everything up. And I was actually so so disappointed that I smushed the recycle box. I'm like, oh, man. My fat ass just broke the box. Um, what else? And then I was like, okay. I got to take it easy. But I still have to walk talks too. And it's like, hopefully I don't like pass out or faint when I'm walking. It, but it, it felt it felt the right. I'm pretty sure I just had a minor concussion or something. Um, but I think I'm okay now. I don't, f- I actually feel a lot better because yesterday I ate, right? I ate like normal, which is kind of disappointing because I figured like fasting would shrink my stomach a little. Or, like, maybe I would reset my appetite so I wouldn't want to eat as much. But I don't know. I, I just ate, like, normal. And I think, like, fasting isn't just... Without medical supervision, I guess it's not the thing for me. And, um... So, yeah. That happened. I think that's what I wanted to tell you, that I fainted. But it was... I don't think it's something to worry about. I think it's just me being stupid and not fully preparing right to do a fast. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's anything to worry about. I think it's just I, I did my fast wrong. Okay. I'm wondering if it possibly had to do with the kind of food you ate before you started the fast? I mean, it was a lot of fatty foods right and i think it's saying like they said well i've only read like one article on what to eat and then they were saying like low carbohydrates is is what they did i don't know if it's best so i don't know if it's because maybe i should have eaten a lot more carbs first so i had more energy Mm -hmm. well that's what i was thinking too just because the nature of like all that fatty food, it's not very energizing. It's kind of I mean, like it's, filling and slowing. 
Well, if you're like you're on the keto diet, it's high fat, low carbs. So, and good protein. So, but I think the keto diet for me is not good anyway. Like, I'd have to, I mean, I'm trying to get a PCP now. And then through them, I'm going to try to find a nutritionist and a therapist to help me get my life physically better and mentally. So, okay. What is a PCP? A primary care provider. Oh. It's just your doctor, right. so like right. they know right. stuff. Just for some reason, don't recognize it as an abbreviation. Yeah, I've only started calling it a PCP when I was in LA. Because um, mm-hmm. they were like, hey, now that you're in the VA system here, you're going to have to get a PCP. I was like, what's a PCP? Yeah. And that's how I got out. Okay. It's unfortunate because I may have kind of just lost mine, I guess. How did you, like, you lost, what do you mean you lost your PCP? Well, not the PCP, but I guess it's the wrong word, but my physician has been rotated out, it seems like. To a different hospital or something? No, just a different doctor. Oh, like, um... Yeah, PCP is the wrong word that I'm thinking of. But just, like, my general physician is seems is now changed. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Did your old one, like, get released or something? No, or... he's just, like, on... He's, like, not available. The past couple times when I was scheduled for... A general physical. So yeah. then they replaced it with another doctor. And I don't know what that's about. And then my friend who also goes to the same doctor has also been canceled and like has to reschedule with someone else. Maybe they're being uh, overflowed because of COVID stuff. This is pre-COVID. So I'm not... Oh. Thinking, but like I don't know, maybe at his age he's transitioning into retiring. I don't know. He's also super busy, so. Yeah, that makes sense. I think. Yeah, I think he's just trying to spread out his workload. Mm-hmm. I guess, and if um, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know a lot about your health, but I think if you're not a serious case, they then they can kind of do that. Yeah. Or maybe if you were too serious for them, then they're bringing you you to another expert Mm -hmm. that's more efficient and proficient in whatever field they might think you need to be in. I feel like your case is just probably like... Just normal. You're a normal, healthy person. It's just just spread out, yeah, the workload. Yeah, I, I haven't had a regular PCP in a while. And I think it's because I move a lot, obviously. Mm. But even when I get this one, I mean, I think that's what I like about the VA the most. It's kind of like they kind of know we're bouncing around. And we're all in one central system anyway. They can access it in the VA system. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, like if you shop at Walgreens in montana if you enter your number it's still you you know like, mm. 
It's kind of like that. I just have to give them my social, and then all my information is all in one central system. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if all medical is like that. I'm, I feel like they kind of do all use one system. There's probably a simple way to like reference each system, but I imagine some are statewide and then have to cooperate with others outside the state. Yeah. They'll probably have to like call the other doctor or have you call a doctor like, hey, can you send my information yeah. to the new doctor? But if it's in-house, it's all the same system, so. Yeah. Have you seen your new PCP yet or your physician? Mm-hmm. He's a lot younger. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's better. Yeah. Because then you can have him for longer. Yeah, I guess. It's definitely strange because my general physician has been the same all my life. Oh. So, like, switching kind of without warning is just weird. Is it like it's like out of habit, but it's the same. Do I know this physician? Yeah. You should. I'm pretty sure he was. I feel like I should, yeah. It was probably both of ours when we were younger, right? Before I left. Yeah, okay. I just don't remember any any of them, really. Mm-hmm. Well, there was only, yeah, like I was saying, there was only one for me. The only time I saw someone else was if he couldn't, so I'd see his wife, which happened rarely. Are they both doctors? Yeah. Although, huh. wife retired? Oh, what happened? I think your light turned off or something? No, I just, uh, screensaver, I guess. Um, I think I had more things I wanted to talk about. Oh, I wanted to get a guitar soon. I do, too, but I don't know. Yeah, because I feel like, I mean, as much as I like the piano, um, like, I like the sound of the piano, and I don't know if it's me, like, preemptively, preemptively. Preemptively, I don't know how to say that word. Preemptively, preemptive, preemptively quitting. But like, my, I don't know if it's just because of lack of practice or talent, but I can't find myself playing two different rhythms with two different hands. I'm sure, a lot of that is habit through practice yeah because i i feel a lot more comfortable like let's say when i'm playing my ukulele right Mm -hmm. the thing in my mind is that even though like on a ukulele or a guitar you can be playing a lot of notes at once but it's still technically like one note at a time in some sense yeah like one melody one yeah like i don't know I mean, it's probably possible to play two melodies on it a guitar. Is. I don't know how to, but... It's cool. Like, I can play um, a melody on the piano. One one hand, right? One mm-hmm. right hand. I could play one on my left hand. But playing together is just like... Uh, uh, like, they have to be in sync mm-hmm. somehow. And I feel like if I try to put that into a guitar be easier because it's just like hold a note strum right or pick Mm -hmm. kind of it's not like 
Well, yeah, I, I just think for me, musically, it'd be easier than a piano. And I think maybe if I just practice more, like, I can get it. But, I don't know, it's hard to do two melodies. I think that's just a matter of practice and training it. And then, I don't know, maybe it's just one of those things of being kind of unfortunate where you're starting at a state in life where your brain is different than yeah. it used to be. I mean, yeah, I was I was watching someone talk about musicians. I don't remember who. But it's just like, they're, they were saying like, because your body, if you played at a young age, like, you're basically, your brain and your body grew up mm-hmm. playing that instrument, you know, like, and I think that's why, like, even now, I'm like, I'm still athletic because, like, that muscle memory. Mm-hmm. My muscles and joints just know how to move. And I think it's kind of the same way. And now that I'm older, like, just even playing the ukulele just practicing it it's just, it just feels more comfortable for me than the piano i get f- frustrated a lot more faster with the piano even i guess with like a simple song like i can't play a bass line and a melody at the same time on the piano and that's probably just due to practice and then my usual self just preemptively quitting before i get myself ahead it it could definitely just be that. But. I think it's I, just a matter of coordination because I don't know that there are many things you do in life where you are using both hands so delicately. Yeah. In that sense, like a matter of using all, well, potentially all ten fingers at once to do precise work. Because mm-hmm. like, it's easy to grab things but it's a very different idea to apply specific pressure and it's specific distance range yeah all at once it's 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 definitely really hard and like i guess simple melodies are easy like if it's just a like a maybe the some chords on the left hand and a melody maybe on the right hand but even just like that's pretty book, common the book that i have yeah like i think i could play um let's see i guess like simple songs right mm-hmm. but even like i'm halfway through the book and it's already like holy crap I can't get past this halfway point. And I've been like, well, before I, I guess, before I quit, um, I was practicing, you know, every day for at least half an hour. And it's just like, I couldn't, I couldn't get past it. Maybe if I just practiced like hours a day, I think, but I'm just too lazy. I don't know. And I don't know if it's me just dropping another hobby to try to pick up another hobby. That's probably it. 
But I mean, I've always felt um, I don't know. I knew I've always wanted to be creative in music. Remember when I had the clarinet for like I don't even know how long a week. Was it a clarinet? Yeah. That was when an I was oboe. In, no, it was a clarinet. I thought it was a clarinet and then you told me it was an oboe and then I got confused and I just ignored I it. I told you it was an oboe? Yeah. I don't even know what an oboe is, so. Then it's not an oboe. I don't know. But I remember it being a clarinet because it was like the cheapest instrument, mm-hmm. I guess. And but I don't even remember why I stopped. I like, I'm trying to think back of why I quit the clarinet. And I honestly think I quit because I was being bullied. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're about to be in band camp or whatever. Because I was uh, opted to be into sports then anyway. But being like, you know, and from 2004 to 2008 in high school, I think uh, back then being being bullied was a little more normal than it is mm-hmm. now, obviously. Like everyone's kind of more inclusive. Um, back then it was all about being exclusive. Like, yeah. you, like what's that mean, girls? You can't sit with us kind of thing. And... Um, I think I was trying to be too much. But I think that's just how my personality is. It's just I just want to kind of dive into everything to, to try to find out what I really want to do. Yeah. You definitely then, felt the same way. About what? That sense of wanting to explore and try things, different things all the time. Yeah. And then like not really... Not really mentally feeling like I have trouble keeping up with it, but more like the expectation that I shouldn't be juggling so much because it doesn't seem normal to do. Like it's just not the capacity, but then learning more and just like going through more resources, I guess, understanding potentially how my brain works. Like that's just the nature that some people have where... You kind of need to just juggle many things at once because you can't. There aren't many things that can retain your attention for that long. Yeah. So it's just in your nature to just rotate through a number of things so you can actually have full focus and switch within the flow of how your brain works. I mean, we've discussed this before and how we both think that we have some level of ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we we both haven't seen any kind of uh, psychiatrist, but I mean, all the signs are there. Mm-hmm. But it could be like I have looked into how a lot of um, Asian children are like similar to us. We all have because of our parents, we were so pressured into being good at something mm-hmm. that um, once we found out that we weren't that our expectations 
or their expectations of something wasn't good enough, we would just find something else to try to be good at. Mm-hmm. And then we knew at that point, oh, it's not going to be accepted. So let's try something else. And it just it's just a cycle of us trying a bunch of things mm-hmm. to be good at and but never really um committing committing to the point um i think also it's because like we haven't really been taught well at least in our family nothing long term you know everything we've had was like it's either good now or never Mm -hmm. like obviously you know our financial situation I mean, you've done a little better. Obviously, you have your own condo and everything. No, still very arguable. Situation is different, I would say. Okay. Um, but yeah, we, we've just, I don't think we've ever learned or were taught how to invest in the future. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've slowly learned over the years. And, and I'm saying I think you have too. Mm-hmm. At least to some extent, not to maybe what we were hoping, right? But learning how to invest in yourself and other things on your own, right, is difficult, you know. So, but I, I mean, I think we're. I think we're in a good direction. It's just we don't know if that direction is the right one. I kind of see it as not really knowing how to walk, but trying to run. Okay, that's a good example. Because I talk about it before. I like. Uh, it's always funny to talk in metaphors, right? But that we're always on some sort of path right we're trying to walk on this path or run on this path and trying to jump over obstacles just because we can but who knows if you're you know going in the right direction you just know like oh i have to get over this obstacle i have to head in this direction but is it the right direction or something i don't know mm-hmm. it's difficult without i guess without help right and i think just us being open about it is good mm-hmm. right because just even posting this and hopefully more people watch and uh we can get like more support But yeah, hopefully it all works out. I think, I mean, I think we'll be fine. Uh, I'm trying to be hopeful. It's definitely, yeah, it's definitely been difficult. Like with me, I'm sure a lot of it's been subsided through you. So I can only imagine it's I don't been even harder. Know what that means. I imagine for me, it's been easier than you because of you being there for me probably more than you think i mean i think yeah because for me 
I feel like I'm cutting you off. But for me, I think, um, like, physically being there for someone is more my speed, mm-hmm. right? Like, I've told you, I felt like I haven't been there for you because obviously, you know, when ever since I was like, I don't know, maybe seven, I've kind of been sort of on my own, mm-hmm. right? I was either always at, like, my friend's house. I wasn't really ever really home. So I think physically I felt like I wasn't there for you. Mm-hmm. But maybe you can explain how I was there for you. Like, maybe whenever you had a question I answered or... Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, like... In some sense that, like, even if you weren't always physically there, just by the fact that you were there more than our parents, and, like, how through the relationships you built with your friends, just exploring the world in that way and still sharing it with me. Yeah. Like, how... Pretty much every time you found a hobby or heard of something, you would look into it, figure it out. You'd learn something and you'd show me. Yeah. And then I would just end up following suit. And I realized I've done that pretty consistently with like almost everything, at least tried it. Like you were... Like everything that I tried, I guess. Yeah. Like... You were my exposure to the world for a long time. I mean, I'm glad you didn't uh, pick up my alcoholism. <laughs> well, even when that's definitely when different because you're in the navy. So, like, you were gone at that point. You were that physically point. Gone. That point, I was like legit on my my real run away from life. Yeah, like, yeah, my my real escape from. Um, like our household or our life, yeah, yeah. Which, like, yeah, I can't really blame you for, because, like, again, just seeing how I went through it, and then knowing how much harder it was on you, it's like I can't hold that against you. I mean, did you, I don't know if this is, like, me just trying to figure out about me, but, like, did you, when you said hold that against me, did you figure that on your own or because of what I've been relaying to you about how my, how I felt my life is? Mm. No, I've definitely thought about it for a long time, just, like. The nature of our relationship and our relationship with our parents and obviously being with friends, going over houses, being surrounded by other children and knowing it's not a story I've heard anywhere else Yeah, in any capacity. Mm -hmm. Like always my baseline was here. While there was always some kind of like commonality with people over here. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you don't know that? Yeah. 
It's like, interesting. oh, like you, you had your own room your entire <laughs> life, right? I, I think about that too. Like people, uh, like when they got punished, it's like, did they didn't beat you? Like, what do you mean? Like you didn't get a freaking chopstick to the finger or something. It was, I don't know, whatever, but yeah, it's well, just that. Uh, no, I don't want to cut you off. No, you can go ahead. Like, with some of that, that wasn't abnormal just because our generation was still transitioning out of physical discipline. I think like, maybe just in the Asian families. Well, actually, no, you're prison? right. No, when, I've still when I was in the military, like... yeah, <laughs> every almost everyone in the military is a fucked up person. Most mm-hmm. most people in the military are people who had who felt like they had kind of no other choice. Mm-hmm. And it was the easiest um, the easiest and most highest paying the I guess job that allowed you to basically run away kind of. Mm-hmm. Right? You could you could literally go to another country and get paid, right? And that's the misconception of the military is that you think most people would join the military. It's like, oh, it's second B, second, yeah, serve my country. I never thought that. Whatever. And But I would say the majority of the people you meet, it's just like, you ask, why'd you join? It's like, I don't know. I was doing drugs. <laughs> or um, I didn't like being home. And yeah. That's what the military... The military is just a bunch of misfits who join it because they feel like they need some sort of... They need to be part of a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And it, it it worked, you know? Like I said, you made... I made a lot of good friends. Even though I don't really talk to a lot of them. But during, during those times together, like you knew you were there for mutual reasons, kind of. So mm-hmm. I felt... Yeah. And I think I remember. Remember, I tried to like sort of convince you to join. I was telling you to like go into the air force or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I even told you that I almost did sign up for the air force. No. For the it navy. Was the navy. Yeah. No. It still would have been. Still would have been fun. Mm. Like, I uh, went to the office with the friends. We were looking into the buddy system tried the practice test i forget what it's called like the aptitude test or whatever yeah the asvab yeah yeah and then do you do you know what you scored on the practice test like an 82 yeah i scored i think yeah something around there like 84 85 or something but then the real test i got a 78 which Mm. is um you think about it it's which is way above average the average score in the navy um i think at the time they said it was like 35 <laughs> okay i don't yeah. remember the scale i just remember it's like above average but yeah, yeah we were way above average and it's okay. just like and you think about it it's just you're like fuck why am i so smart i'm gonna join the military and obviously there are very high stick jobs like um, I think the smartest job you can get is a nuclear physician. 
mm-hmm. you basically just run mm-hmm. um, the nuclear power systems on aircraft carriers because that's the the main um, nuclear physicist. No, not a physicist, just a nuclear nuclear engineer. Okay, you weren't really the physicist. You were just well, you there. think physician isn't physician specifically? I don't. Did doctor? I say physician? Yeah, I I don't know what I said, but no, you're basically a nuclear engineer, and That's you just fair. made you just made sure that the nuclear engine was running right, mm-hmm. and then that shit didn't blow up. Yeah, that's it. And it was pretty hard to blow up because I'm, I mean, I don't know. I've never been around the nuke, nuclear system, but okay. I mean, yeah, I think that was one of the couple things they were suggesting within my scaling for the practice. Yeah. Like, oh, if you're scoring this, and if you do score this in the real thing, you should probably go into, like, one of these two or three fields. And it's like, you kind of have the whole lot if you actually do commit to this. Like, that doesn't make me feel better because... Yeah, that's insane. Like, it felt, I was like, I don't have <sighs> options, and you're giving me a bigger head than I want. Yeah, that's how I felt. And I ended up just being a mechanical, basically just a mechanic. Yeah. They were like, like, my my rate, all you needed to get, like, an ASVAB score of, of like, at least, like, 30 to get this job. And they were like, you want to do this? I was like, yeah. It's easy, you know, like, it's something I'm comfortable with. It Because I was always, like, sort of fixing cars anyway and, like, fixing mm-hmm. things. I was like, I just want to fix things. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, do anything too, like, mentally challenging. Like, I joined because I didn't want to go to school. Now I don't want to yeah. go to school to, yeah, it's just like, oh, whatever. It kind of feels like that habit of not wanting to overcommit to something that's easier to fail. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too, like thinking of thinking back at it. Like I could have done it, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's just our mental state at the time. It's like, no, don't do it. You're you're not good enough. And yeah. Never not feeling good enough is uh I think our main issue. Never feeling good enough. Yeah. You're double negative. So that means we did feel good enough. Yeah. Never. You're saying we always felt good enough. So never not? No, never feeling good enough? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, ne- never feeling good enough. Okay. Uh, but yeah. But like I said, it's, it's what I always say to you is, you know, throughout my whole life and... I think I'm going to keep saying this to you. It's like, you know, let me make all the mistakes for you. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. And I'll tell you what, don't don't try to do a 72-hour fast uh, without medical supervision if you don't know how. Because mm-hmm. that faint, like, it kind of, it kind of, um. Woke you up? Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why did I try to do something so stupid? And I was laying there, I was like, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> and like I'm kind of like when I came to and I was looking around I was like 
is anybody home? I was like, okay, I'm kind of glad no one was home, right? Because deal. Yeah, she's like, look, it's, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I made a mistake, and that's it. Like, but you know what happened that like that one time when I came home and I was fucking drunk as hell, and like they just, from what I remember, they were just arguing the whole time. I don't even know what they were arguing, about, but I just knew that they were just nonstop arguing when we were at the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's besides the point. Um, is it though? That's such an annoying constant throughout our lives, which is like one of those things where I don't think anyone else has really dealt with it in the same way. Like out of all the people I've talked to, no matter how their relationship is with their parents, they still like have moments of trying to communicate. Yeah. Where like we literally can't. Yeah, because like, of the language. Yeah. Like, like I think I've said this before. Like, I don't know if anyone knows, but our parents, they know that me and Andrew don't speak Vietnamese or understand it. They intentionally didn't teach us. I asked I think, them about it. Really? Yeah. Mom, mom tried to teach me when I was young, but then I oh. just kind of, like, blew it off. She, like, yeah. never really, other than, like, foods that were, like, staples in our house. Yeah. She never really did much. It's like it was always Cantonese because we were a Chinese family. Yeah. But then. Did they not want us to be like culturally Vietnamese or something? I think they didn't identify us as culturally Vietnamese. And it was just a matter of their upbringing versus their blood. Yeah, I mean, because we are, well, according to them, we're 100% Chinese. Um, Are we? Well, that's what mom said. Okay. Well, yeah, I understood she said we were Chinese, but, like, I don't know about actual, like, ancestry. Yeah. So it's always just a matter of, like, we're Chinese, Chinese culture, Chinese holidays, Chinese traditions and religion. But, like, whenever they wanted to communicate... It was basic Chinese to us and then just speaking Vietnamese among themselves. Yeah. Like I would never have an ear for Cantonese because it wasn't as open in the house. So it's like their English isn't the best. That's kind of all we have. Yeah. And then our Chinese is not great, but getting worse every year yeah. after like. My, my Chinese is you know? horrible. Yeah. I told no, mom mine was is like. Worse, if I think You still. can just. You can just speak to me in Chinese, and I like it'll maybe slowly come back. But she just still decides to talk to me in English, and so it's like, okay. Like I still want to, because it's all the more frustrating. Like, had a small bit of it yesterday, but it's more of just like poking what a small bit of the annoyance or pain that I wanted to talk about, just like. It was someone poking the wound I already had of not being able to communicate with our family. Oh, okay. Like, of course, primarily our parents, but then, like, extending from there, like, every time we went to Canada and not being able to speak to anyone. Like our, besides our cousins? Even then, like, their English wasn't the best. Yeah. 
because they're yeah, that's true yeah so it's like there's still a bit of a barrier like it's a little easier but it's still like there's no clear communication like we can't express like opinions about a topic that's more complex than food like i like i don't like okay yeah yeah that's very true yeah so like growing up our i imagine some of you but like my idea of communication was very weird i think that's why i was shy a lot for a long time and just didn't want to talk because i didn't feel like i knew how to i had no real practice with an adult that actually could form complex opinions and like concepts it was just very instinctual survival like food Mm -hmm. bathroom yeah shelter sleep and that's kind of it i think that's why i was always like not home as much just i felt more comfortable with people you can talk to yeah with my friends yeah same yeah and I, I don't know, like, yeah, it's true that even now, it's like if, I don't know if it's the right word, but it's how I feel, but I don't know, maybe, maybe they, like, just kind of, I don't think they gave up on us, but I think it's just they were trying to survive on their own as well. Right. You know? I get that. So it's, like, not really their fault. They're trying to navigate, you know, especially in boston back in the day like even now like it's it's pretty racist you know it's it's difficult it's still a whole different country yeah and yeah so they were just trying to survive on their own and i think once they realized that we can kind of sort of handle ourselves Mm -hmm. they kind of just let us handle ourselves even though um it might not have been the best thing especially for like children right in a in a new country mm-hmm. that we are also learning how to navigate on our own mm-hmm. but i mean we're not dead yet <laughs> i it's, it's one good sign you know no, I, yeah i definitely appreciate that like yeah especially since it feels like they're like i'm not saying we were close but i could see growing up that it was easy to die like thinking about it i guess big picture like there's not a whole lot keeping us alive and safe it the whole idea of like it's easy for something to happen it's easy for an accident and for things to just end oh yeah kind of like um are you talking about just like life in general right yeah 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 like i i think about that too and it's so funny like at the beginning of the game cyberpunk they're just saying like when you live this life man you just gotta live it to the fullest because you can just die hailing a cab you know Mm -hmm. and that's why i think i've been telling you or that i've been trying to learn myself is try to just live live in the moment like you you never know what's gonna happen and like oh man my anxiety got even worse when i was smoking because like i would just be walking tucks and like man what if someone just fucking shot me right now and just like that'd be anxiety 
I mean, it's like paranoia and anxiety, and it it gets exasperated whenever I smoke. I was just like, mm-hmm. holy fuck, you know. Because no, I definitely had those thoughts, like, will have like just in general. Like that's not I've no I didn't associate it with anxiety. I thought it was just like I don't know an acceptance of mortality. But I I could be wrong. I don't really understand exactly how anxiety works. Yeah, I mean that that's I mean that's the I think the basics of anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because if you think about it, not a lot of people have those thoughts. You know what? Well, right. I don't know that, but I would, uh, I would think like, not everybody, like we said, like when you talk to people, it's like they have this totally different outlook at life versus us, and it's been hard for us to kind of find someone to relate to in most things. So, but you know, I think that's why even more now is that we got to be there for each other, you know. If no one else is going to be, especially our parents, and I think it's just because at this point they're older, and we're older. They kind of like, um, I don't know. Maybe they just figure we're adults. Like, okay, you know, we they've probably tried their best, and um, that's it. Mm. So. Not to say that we're on our own, but kind of. Yeah. It's okay, man. As long as we have each other, I think we'll be fine. It's okay, man. Well, we can't end it like this. Um, no, I think we probably will. We'll we'll definitely have more talks, obviously. Um, and I am glad that you came on board to help share our story to the world. Hopefully, people can um, like my something. Yeah, a couple of my videos ago, it's like. This is our way of asking for help. And because I'm not going to say we have exhausted other um, methods methods or avenues to help. But this is just one way that I have figured that it is the easiest the easiest way for us to sort of ask for help. And even though we're just being there for each other, hopefully um, just more support from our friends and maybe some of our family members and to all you guys that uh, any help is appreciated. And I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank you all for watching. Um, you can follow me on all my social medias. My brother doesn't have social media, so you can't follow him. But is there anything you'd like to share at this last moment before you get on? Working on it. Okay, he's working on it. Um, other than that, thanks, guys. And I will see and talk to you later.
Bye. Peace.